Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, considering the game of transfer portal darts and how many bullseyes Grant McCaslin stuck through cycle number one. Into that more next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today with the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be back with you as we turn the page, hump day, headed downhill towards the weekend. It's Texas Tech and Oklahoma coming up in a few days as we get closer to that. We'll obviously set the table for that matchup as courtesy of last night's results, you'll now be heading to face a team that just took a thumping on their home floor. So that's a familiar experience. Didn't go so well last time. Maybe you'll do something differently this time around, but We'll have hoops to discuss here today. Also want to get to a Micah Hudson-associated conversation coming up to wrap up the program. But uh, let's begin on the hardwood, Chris. And this is a conversation you and I had as it relates to the roster as it's presently constructed for Red Raider head coach Grant McCaslin. And anybody that paid attention probably remembers the timeline uh, that was related to assembling this roster for Coach McCaslin. Had a ton of turnover ton of new faces and if you're also paying attention you might have noticed just about everyone or all of them have been impact players for you in one variety or another I think there are several ways to spin that but one of those is certainly encouraging uh, at least for me as a tech fan as it relates to identifying guys and getting guys on campus that can make an impact for your basketball program in the future am I overstating the hit rate or the success rate, or did you really kind of pass with, I guess, an A plus or flying colors uh, this time around? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I think there's a, a couple different ways to, to look at it. You're right, Cowan. I, I think though that in terms of because you, you brought five guys in from the portal, which is what we're talking about here, and uh, you know, obviously Devin Cambridge is the one that's not playing now, but I think that you, you, you'd seen enough from him to know that, okay, he was going to be a piece to the puzzle. Uh, and obviously Chance McMillan, Darion Williams, Warren Washington, and Joe Toussaint. I, I, I think we, you, you're just not paying attention if you wouldn't suggest that you hit on all five. Um, now, I guess there's ways to judge it and say, well, you, you could have gotten – better you could have found somebody that was you know this or that and and that's the part of the equation that we just wouldn't know the answer to like in comparison did you pick one of these guys over one of these other dudes you know because you know I I think that there's a million things that go on in those portal windows like coming and going and like you know you're just not sure what the, the the conversations that are going on whether it be NIL or somebody, you know, hey, man, you need to talk to my agent person, uh, you know, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, or or or, um, 
hey, we're not sure if we're going to have a spot, but if we do, we'd love to talk to you. You know, like there's just all kinds of, and that's part of why I think the 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 timing of everything that Grant dealt with was just a bit awkward when you take the new job and it's like, okay, roster that remains. Who, who of you guys do we really want and who wants to stay? And then do we find some common ground? And that takes a while. Even so much as, Hey, Daniel Bacho, I think we'd, we'd love to have you. Uh, let, let, let's talk about making this happen, like very seriously talking about making it happen. Okay, let's do it. And then y- you get a call over a weekend. Hey, coach, uh, I'm, I go to Louisiana Tech uh, or wherever he's at. Um, yeah, and it's like you're like, wait a second. We were, you know, like, you know, so then that part happens too. I will say – that because I, I, I think, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll quit talking. You, you, who's most important or the best one to you to this point? Well, I, I kind of wondered if it may be an obvious answer or at least the popular answer being a guy like, uh, Joe Toussaint, but I, I wasn't so sure that, uh, I may not cast a vote for a guy like Warren Washington either because I don't know, uh, where you are without any size <laughs> in the middle of Washington doesn't make it the campus. I, I think though it's like one and one a uh, with that. You're right because Joe has done a variety of things for you, um, it, you know, throughout the first 18 games, uh, and he scored. He has you know facilitated. He's kind of you know gotten you going early on in the season when you're trying to figure out who you are. Uh, I think he's ha- he's added a level of toughness uh, to you and. And, and like the low turnover, high assist part of what you cannot be, you know, you, you just can't emphasize that enough, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But then then there's the big fella. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to think about where you'd be if you didn't have him just rebounding, protecting the rim, uh, blocking shots, discouraging shots, which is always one of the most key which there was like a stat uh, for for that. Like how many do you alter or just say discourage from like, yeah, man, I'm not even going to take that one. Um, because if you don't have him, where are you? I mean, you're playing Robert Jennings for 35 minutes and EY for 10. I mean, that that's, you know, uh, that's not going to get it done in, uh, in, in the Big 12 right now. No, no way. Not even close. And I'd have to say with Washington is – far as uh you know what i anticipated prior to the season you see the size and you can see some of what he did at previous stops but um he, he's been better than i anticipated and i know there's been some conversation uh this week regarding uh the minutes that he's playing and kind of how that compares to other big men across the league and we have still got far more basketball in front of us than we have behind us so far as it relates to the big 12 so uh, just just hoping and praying and wishing for good health, good stamina, uh, all those things. And I think that's part of why, you know, in, in some ways you didn't mind this week where you had uh, a few days to, to rest to a degree. And I, when I use words like rest or break, I just wonder, you know, does Coach McCaslin use those words during a week like this? Because you want to keep an edge, obviously, to your guys. I know he didn't just send them off you know, to Cancun for a spring break getaway really quickly or anything like that. But uh, yeah, the load that Warren Washington is carrying, we knew it was going to be thin. I guess I still had some hopes that maybe there'd be some uh, spells where 
you know, there would be some minutes from a guy like Jennings and, and maybe there's some trend towards more of those, I guess, recently. Uh, but Washington has, has far exceeded my expectations. Yeah, they, they, they'll give uh, – they'll, they'll insert Jennings into the game, you know, right before a media timeout is about to take place. So you get you get a little time with him, and then you get the media timeout, and then Warren can come back in. But it's uh, – yeah, his – you know, I think Grant is very smart with his practice time. I think when it's time to practice, we're going to go really hard. Uh, I think – but we're not going to – we're not going to, you know, go – for hours and hours upon days upon days, because he knows you, you you've got to manage these kids' legs and man and and he said it uh, to me the other day. Joe's tired. Joe needs a whether it's not just physical but mental break for a few days as well. He needs to kind of you know sit back and I'm sure those have already taken place. Is now you know Oklahoma uh, played last night and, and all that. Now it's time to probably get ready for the Sooners. But yeah, I think that between the, the the BYU game and and as we sit here and talk now, I think you've probably been able to get away from it for a few days, which is, you know, you always get one day off a week uh, in in the, you know, in, in a regular week, but maybe they got a couple uh, or, or a couple and a half with no midweek game this week. But uh, yeah, the mental physical is, is uh, as big as anything. But yeah, you know, Coach McCaslin, man, when they practice, they're going to practice hard. That's the, but he doesn't overdo it. It's kind of a, you try to find the right balance. And that's what Porter Mosher actually talked about with his team last night after they got kicked in, uh, in Norman last night against Texas is like, my team was very tired in the second half. Well, Porter, I hope that they continue to be tired. Yes. Let's keep them up all night. Maybe uh, a overnight video game lock-in for the guys as a reward. I don't know, Thursday, Friday night. Um, Something else that's standing out to me about these guys, Chris, who not all came from smaller leagues. Uh, but none, obviously, had come from a, a prior Big 12 stop, save for Joe Toussaint, uh, who has experience there in uh, Morgantown. But, you know, I, I feel like a lot of these guys are playing some of their best basketball as we're getting into Big 12 play, which is kind of hard to consider. And I know that, you know, like Darian William, Williams is not coming off of, you know, his best game as a Red Raider the last time out. But when you're talking about uh, a lesser league freshman of the year and you're like, all right, well, that sounds exciting. How's that going to translate whenever you get into Big 12 play and things like that? I, you know, Chance McMillan, Grand Canyon. I mean, I'm just – I hope I'm not putting the cart too far before the horse because, again, there's still a ton of basketball left to be played. Uh, but I feel like some of these guys are really coming on as you've gotten into the league, which is also a little bit of a pleasant surprise. First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. And football is close to wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with America's number one sports book and the official sports book of Locked On. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place only a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. So many ways to spice up the action with FanDuel's safe, secure, and easy-to-use app. Are you really even parlaying if you're not visiting FanDuel's Parlay Hub? I doubt it. So get to FanDuel.com slash locked on today. And if you're a new customer, take advantage of $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place only a $5 bet with FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Official partner of the NFL. Yeah, and, and you're going to get both of these guys back, uh, which is which is huge, uh, you know, for, for next year. Uh, but like Darion, I mean, 
he you're asking him to play kind of the he's their starting power forward essentially kind of starting four man he's a, he's a, a bit undersized for that i guess in a typical sense uh but he's shooting 40% from 3 basically um he's one of your you know top 2 or 3 assist uh you know facilitator type guys one of you obviously your second best rebounder uh, and, and I just think he he just checks all kinds of boxes in the score sheet, you know, and that's, you know, I, I don't want to, I mean, think about the Kansas State game, Cowan. I mean, like he kind of puts the team on his back and that with a little 5-0 spurt yeah. at the end of that one, that's one of your best wins of the season. I mean, because any one of these conference wins, if you had you not gotten it and you're sitting there and not at 4-1, we're probably talking about you a bit differently because some of these were sure. at home and you had to have them. And, uh, you know, so anyway, I, I don't want to, I don't want to gloss over like the contributions that he's made either. I just, uh, if you're ranking them, it's probably, you know, I think, yeah, Joe and, and Warren are one and one a, but yeah, I think Darion's right there. And then, and obviously chance has been, he's been what you thought. He's been a guard off the bench that scores it. Uh, I think maybe you'd, you'd want him to be maybe a bit more consistent, but he's shot 40% uh, from three, which is what he was when he came in here. Um, he, he struggled, uh, I guess, the the percentages struggled, I guess, when the season got going, and then he kind of blew up and put on a show at Butler, and he's really never looked back. Um, and, and I'm thankful that he's you've got several more years, uh, uh, hopefully, with him. Uh, so anyway, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it's been fun to, and they're all good kids. That's what, that's the part that like Joey is very big on this from a football standpoint. You didn't bring anybody that like was selfish or like this caused any chemistry issues or is all about themselves or dribbles the air out of the ball. Uh, you know, whatever you, 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 you know, this is a well-rounded group that meshes together very, very well. Well, I'm curious also just to look into a crystal ball of sorts um, as you're now, you know, giving yourself some proof of performance uh, as a coaching staff and as a program under Grant McCaslin. Um, you know, I this is so far off into the future, but I, from a recruiting perspective, I wonder uh, what kind of feel you're getting for Coach McCaslin and, and maybe whether or not he could find himself uh, in some conversations that are going to be really exciting for Tech fans as this cycle gets going and, and moving forward. And I know it's such a different world now because it's like, all right, do you, how many high school kids are you even, you know, paying attention to? And then we got transfer portal considerations. But man, it was a kind of a last minute shopping spree as far as the timeline. And the guys that you have gotten here have all made positive impacts. It's really encouraging to think about the way that you're identifying guys. And I would like to think encouraging. Uh, to consider maybe some of the conversations that you're going to be in in this next cycle, which is ongoing right now, I suppose. <laughs> well, theoretically, yeah. There's a reason why you didn't sign anybody in the early period. Um, I think that folks have said that this particular high school class is not one of the best and deepest that that, that coaches have seen. So, um, you know, to use an old Mavericks trade deadline term or free agency term, they kept their powder dry. <laughs> right. um, yeah. Uh, so they, they just didn't they didn't, uh, you know, use up any scholarships. Obviously, uh, Drew Steffi has exited the program. Uh, and so that opens up. So you, you've got some spots, but I, I think it's pretty it's pretty uh, obvious that, you know, the, the portal is is going to be where their bread is buttered you know, mainly here uh, in, in some of these cycles. 
Um, and then you continue to grow up program types like the Pop Isaacs and the Robert Jennings and the Mar Washingtons and EY and people like that. If, you know, if you can, um, you know, that's kind of the, the best of both worlds, but you're going to go need to replace a center and Warren, you're going to need to replace, you get another, another guard to replace uh, uh, Joe. And I think Cambridge will come back and, you know, but you you definitely need to add some some age and size uh, to to this roster, and yeah, I think they'll be in many conversations. This is why like Kellen Buffington was such a big hire, uh, and and then you've got Dave Smart from Canada. You know, you just kind of got all we've talked about this some, but you've got and, and Coach AC and and Luke Barnwell being at a prep school. But there's just there's so many different guys on that staff that have different connections and know people. Matt Breyer, a great recruiter. So, yeah, I, I look forward to uh, seeing kind of what they do once we get to that point because it'll be kind of fascinating. And it's it kind of happens fast and furious, and it's like you got to make decisions quickly, and you don't know all the factors when you're making these decisions. That's what's tricky. Like, okay, yeah, we'll take him. And then, like, a, two days later, it's like somebody better got into the portal, and you're like, oh, like, you know, I mean, <laughs> you, you just it, – it's, it's like I, I got all this money to spend – uh, do I save it? It's, it's all a gamble. Do I save it or I spend it right now? If I save it, I may not get to spend it on anybody uh, worth a darn. You know, I'm talking about like scholarships, yeah. you know, just the, just in, in tips in terms of currency. Yeah. It's How hard to we, know these days. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, yeah, that too, but it's, it's hard to, so anyway, it's, it's uh we'll, we'll get to that bridge, I guess uh, at some point, but yeah, I, I trust, uh, I trust what they can do because they've put together a really nice group here. There's really nothing more encouraging, I don't think, from a, a roster assembly standpoint than to have reason to believe you got a coaching staff um, that can identify players. Because, I mean, from a fan perspective, what do we know? Like I've said before, a lot of times it's like, okay, you get this guy, and I'm like, all right, am I excited? Well, let me see who else wanted him. And that's about the only outlet I have to you know, determine in any way, shape, or form whether or not this guy is somebody that I want to be excited about, which is a pretty foolish way to go about it. But uh, we've seen this with the football coaching staff, and I think there's a little bit of evidence here to suggest there's something similar with the basketball coaching staff that you have been able to identify guys, whether it's from a smaller league or they don't have some stacked offer sheet, whatever it is, that can then translate uh, into the Big 12. And I that that's as, as positive of a thing, I think, as there is to really notice about any coaching staff. Because, you, I mean, you've been doing this forever, so you've seen it before where – you get a guy that is identified by one staff, he gets an offer, and you're like, who? And then by the end of the cycle, well, here's UT, here's Oklahoma, here's such and such coming in with some late offers. Some, sometimes you fend them off, sometimes you don't, but it's always good to know that you can be those who are identifying uh, early on. And I certainly feel that way about the football staff, and I'm beginning to feel that way about the basketball staff. Yeah, you know, and I, I think uh, it, it's all about fit and pieces of the puzzle and like, okay, how do we envision your role here? You know, uh, but I, I think they did a good job here. And again, we're, we're this is tough one to grade this basketball cycle because of the loss of Devin Cambridge. Yeah. Uh, I think he would have been one of your better. Uh, he's clearly one of your best half-court defenders. He's maybe your best player in transition on offense. Um, you know, and I, I was ready to kind of see what he could do and blossom as, as the season went along there. So it's a bit of an unknown uh, with, with him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's because, you, know, you know, yeah, Chance McMillan and Darion, some of these guys are not, they weren't household names, uh, even Warren Washington. But I think that they're, 
that they've they've made their presence felt in the toughest league in the country. Yeah. Uh, and that that you know that speaks volumes, which is why as much as you want them, they are attracted to coming to a place like Texas Tech because they want to play in this league. Yes. You know, yeah. that's that's just and don't forget about that. Like when you get out there and you start asking players, you know, and starting to trying to recruit them, th- this is a this is a, a a good spot and league to be showcased in if your goal is to play past this or whatever. And they take basketball very seriously in this league and certainly at Texas Tech. Yeah, if you're able to shine, uh, you're going to shine in a big, big way, obviously, given what the competition uh, is right now and will continue to be uh, with some more formidable additions still to come in the future. Okay, we might as well hit the opposite end of that type of identification recruiting conversation because uh, it didn't take much rocket science to understand that Micah Hudson was the guy that every team in the country uh, wanted to come play for them. Why do we bring up Micah Hudson? Well, we've got some final five-star rankings, Chris, and Michael wound up, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think is number nine nationally. Um, they're in the top 10 at number nine. And arguably, now I don't know what the metrics were like whenever Dave Parks was showing up on campus or EJ Holland, but arguably uh, the biggest get in the history of Red Raider football. We'll see if that translates. He is not taking a snap in red and black just yet. So I don't want to put that cart before the horse, but obviously big time. And I want to get to in just a moment, maybe what if we had a fantasy five-star pick, what that would look like as far as the position that we would choose. Hudson, obviously a pass catcher, but uh, I don't remember in my uh, relatively brief window of talking Texas Tech sports or Texas Tech football, ever discussing the ninth ranked player in the country uh, being in Lubbock, Texas. It's an exciting time to say the least. Yeah, you know, I, I think yeah, Rivals.com, uh, you know, I've been working with RedRaiderSports.com and Rivals.com for, I don't know, 20-plus years. Uh, as we've documented, this is a first for Texas Tech. Yeah, you know, you go through the names like Robert Johnson, Mike Mitchell. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other, like, five stars that ended up playing in your program. Ofa Mohatau, I think, uh, back in the day, a BYU transfer, <laughs> I think, was a, was a five star, former five-star You've never gotten one straight from high school, like the, the in, in its in its purest form. Okay, these were always like transferred in or a junior college version or whatever. And I may have missed a uh, a few. Marquise Johnson back in the day was like a four or five star, you know. So, anyways, um, I'm going way back, uh, in, you know, there on the uh, recruiting scale. But um, th- this is a this was a bit different. Uh, he's the top player in the state of Texas, regardless of position. Uh, he is the ninth player uh, in the country, and you know, r- basically, rivals tosses out about eighteen to twenty-five, give or take, five-star rankings every year. Uh, I think that's about right. I could be slightly off on those numbers, but they're very rare. And I think part of the criteria is that when when they give you a five-star ranking, what they're saying is, we think you're like an all-conference. Okay, power five type, and we think you're an NFL player. It's kind of the gist. You know, they're not – I don't know if they're saying, yeah, you're going to be an all-pro at the NFL level, but we, we certainly think you're going to be one of the best players in your conference in college, and you're going to play on Sundays, which, man, you know, the more guys you sign like that, 
the 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 better off your program is. You get all conference types, you get you know NFL types. I mean, your 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 team gets better, right? So, um, and and I may be you know I may be slightly off on they they may have said a bit more about what they you know factor in the five star. Bottom line is this is as close to like a can't miss recruit as you can get. Uh, and, and, and they do miss on occasion with them. I mean, they're not, you know, like Mike Mitchell was a perfect example. He just looked like uh, a million or, or heck 2 million bucks and just wasn't, <laughs> just wasn't like productive or very good. And you looked at him, you're like, my gosh, if I'm drawing up a five-star player in some, you know, lab, like it comes out looking like Mike Mitchell. And yet it, it just, it just didn't, uh, it didn't work, but. You know, I got to thinking, Cowan, if he's a, obviously Mike is a receiver, they're going to play him inside, outside, probably maybe even hand it to him on occasion. You know, think about him like a, like using him like the Dolphins use Tyreek Hill or, you know, like, like the Cowboys have been using CD Lamb. You just like move him all over the place and try to find the matchup that you want. But if you could pick the position – for a five-star player to join your team, what position would it be? I mean, quarterback may be the obvious, but uh, I'd, I'd be curious on your thoughts there. Now, I am a, a jaded Texas Tech fan, so I am quick to turn my nose up at any offensive skill position, honestly, because Texas Tech has had some really good ones that have translated in sure. still fairly mediocre seasons. Uh, I am defensively biased, and I am defensive line biased. So the only debate for me is interior or edge along that defensive line. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about the edge guy, a, a quarterback killer. I thought, I don't know, can you, uh, if you're really scheming offensively, can you just run away from a guy all day? Can you take him out of the game that way? Um, I thought about some of those interior guys, a, a five-star defensive tackle, and that may be where I have to settle. And that is also because of some recency biases that relates to what I saw on display in Austin, Texas. Uh, it's just unfair that you would get not only one, but two guys that look like that and can move like that up front within the middle. But I think going against what I just said, I'm going with the five-star pass rusher. I, I want a quarterback killer because I think my quarterback killer will beat your five-star quarterback nine times out of 10. If you don't also have a five-star offensive tackle, a five-star offensive guard, you know, I feel like there's some other things that the quarterback has to have cooking for him to really allow him to shine and, and reach that five-star potential. I don't know if it's exactly the same way from a, a pass rushing standpoint. So, uh, and hey, he doesn't have to come off the edge. You want to do a little twist, a little stunt, bring him up through the middle, bring him from the sideline. I don't care. Hide him in a clown costume and have him just burst in. Um, I don't care, but I think I would go with a five-star pass rusher. Just feels like they can really individually uh, change the game like no other to me. Yeah, when you start talking about positional value, uh, it, it's that's why everybody goes to the quarterback because they touch the ball every play on offense. Uh, and yeah. and how much can they affect the game? Well, when you touch the ball every play, you affect it the most. Uh, that that's probably the easy answer. But I, I'm with you. I think that you either get into uh, a conversation of a pressure player off the edge on defense, or you get you get into a conversation like I could say if we were just talking in general about what you would want. Uh, th those are would be some of my answers. But if you're talking about like this particular edition of Texas Tech coming up this next year, okay. if I could like give them a five-star for this particular edition of the Red Raiders, I, I, I may say like a bonafide like five-star left tackle. 
Yes, sir. You know, I mean, yeah. like, you know, somebody that stops that pressure player. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, when you, you know, the pressure player is, is obviously high ranking. I think a corner, like a lockdown corner to where, hey, this half the field, I'm good, man. I'm good. Y'all use your other pieces <laughs> of the puzzle and you, you you cover the rest of it. But over here, man, I, I'm good. They're not throwing my way. Or if they do, man, I'm, I'm taking it the other way. Whatever. That That's also – look at how the NFL players are paid. You know, it's like quarterbacks, edge guys, you know, obviously left tackle, corner. That's kind of – that's where it's at. Running backs don't get paid. Receivers – semi get paid depending on you, you you better be the best of the best uh interior offensive linemen don't get paid interior defensive linemen don't get paid linebackers don't get paid uh but it's a different thing at, at, at college but i still think that some of the top end positions uh still make the most sense i'd take the defensive player of the year in any league on my team every year because i guarantee you that they're gonna have wreaked the most havoc uh whether it be tackles for loss sacks Force fumbles. I mean, look at what Dwayne Slade did when he was here and won that award. Yeah, yeah. sign me up for one of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking of pressure or dislodging yeah. <laughs> helmet and ball from ball carrier uh, or or said person, you know, yeah. Be killer. That's, yeah, that's right. So anyway, I've, I've rambled on long enough. Yeah. I, I, I love that you've added a big-time wideout, though. I think it's awesome. Yeah. He's a game-breaker. This is what you needed desperately. Makes life easier on everybody. Sign me up. Yeah, and for some reason, I don't know, I, I feel a little bit differently maybe regarding the variety of quarterback, you know, five-star pocket passer or five-star dual threat because in college, and I, maybe it's changing in the NFL, although I still don't really think so. I just think that Lamar Jackson is individually incredible. I think that Michael Vick was individually incredible. And then you got like Vince Young, college quarterback, untouchable, gets to the NFL, you know, didn't didn't pan out. But that's what I'm thinking from a college perspective where you can still just out talent, outspeed some guys on a lot of weeks. And I don't care what league you're in. Um, I think maybe if you were talking more about a five star dual threat quarterback, maybe uh, fishing in that pond a little bit more so than, hey, this guy's got to drop back. He's got to have this pocket. You know, we really got to have an offensive line to allow him to do what he can do with that arm talent. So. I don't know. Let us know in the YouTube comments how you see it, what your selection would be, where you uh, maybe agree or disagree. Chris, uh, enjoyed it, man. Good stuff. And we're going to get back uh, to hoops heavy as we wrap up the week, getting closer, obviously, to Texas Tech and Oklahoma. We're going to talk Patrick Mahomes before the end of the week as well. It's just, uh, what, a one, two, three, not four, not five, six straight uh, AFC championship <laughs> appearance for Patrick Mahomes. So, Plenty more to come uh, here this week, man. Looking forward to it and appreciate the time as always. Absolutely, man. Keep hope alive, everybody. Stay safe out there and we'll talk to you tomorrow. And subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. For Chris, I'm Casey. Thanks for being out there and we hope to see you back for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech.